Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Lightbeamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Lightbeamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 my friends. Hello to all of you listeners out there of the Inside Story podcast. I am so happy you are here. I am really excited about the episode that I'm bringing you today, specifically with the guest that I have with me today, one of my dear friends, uh, Brian Bogert, who I'm going to guess that most of you do not know because most of you in my world probably haven't circulated in Brian's world. That might be a gross assumption of mine. But um, I'm just excited to have him in the room with me today. Uh, Brian is someone that I met at uh, a couple of events that I've been to with my dear friend, George Bryant. And, you know, you get into these rooms and you meet these really incredible people and you realize just like whole other rooms open up to you by way of meeting new people. And that's how I've experienced Brian Bogart. He first came in and led a virtual summit with us or spoke at a virtual summit that we were doing and he shared his story and his story is one of those stories you guys that you just have to hear so I wanted Brian to be able to share his story with you today but more importantly I want us to get into this this topic and Brian knows it so well of how storytelling and stories really do um, they lead to a pathway they open up a pathway for us to Embrace our pain to avoid suffering, which is a signature line that Brian always talks about and teaches on. He's a master coach, facilitator, leader, trainer, speaker, business guy, like all the things. I'm going to link up his information so you can go learn about Brian. But I wanted to spend this time today just, first of all, Brian, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Inside Story. I'm super podcast. excited to be here with you. It's been awesome to get to know you. It's been awesome to experience you and Kyle in person. And, uh, you both are doing incredible things in the world. So it's it's a true pleasure to be here with you today to talk about story because, you know, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, well, that was the thing. I think, you know, when I first experienced you was in that virtual retreat that we did. Um, we were all still kind of locked down with COVID. And so George put on this virtual retreat for his mastermind members. And uh, you came in. I, did, I knew nothing of you. Didn't know I didn't know you at all. And you shared this incredible story. And I was immediately like all over your website going, who is this guy? What is his work in the world? And then you ended up, we ended up getting to meet in person later um, through other events that we've been to. And then I got to just really experience you in person. And I just felt like, um, you know, we talked about, we talk a lot about empathy with storytelling, like being able yeah. to really care about yeah. other people through our stories. And that is something that I've sensed since day one that you genuinely care about other people. So I want to backtrack real quick because I do want to set the stage of your own story. It is one of those stories that, 
you know, I always tell people like, it's okay if you don't have one of those big stories, your, your, your small story can make a big impact, but you, my friend do have one of those life altering big stories. You tell it well, um, and you tell it succinctly. So I'm just going to give you an invitation real quick to, to, to share a bit of that story with our audience so they can get an understanding of yeah. how we can even talk about embracing pain to avoid suffering. Beautiful. And, you know, embracing pain to avoid suffering is obviously one of those pull through strings in everything that we teach. But you'll see today, I'm going to weave in probably something new just because it's, uh, it's been interesting to see how our stories also really shape the trash that we carry from our past and where mm -hmm. and how it develops treasures if we're really looking and digging deep enough, right? Yes. And yes. so when, when we can recognize all of that, I think it's important just to set that stage. I'm going to ask you and everybody else just to close your eyes for just a second. Because I think it's really important that we follow this in a little bit of a different way. And I want to set the stage. It was August 10th, 1992. It was a 115 degree day. And it was 6.10 p.m. I want you to imagine going to that store. And you go in and you just breeze through the checkout line. You've got a pep in your step. You're ready to go on with your day. And you're enjoying a little bit of air conditioning. Because after a long, hot day in Arizona, it was beautiful. But... When you breeze out, you also take a step outside. You feel the warmth of the sun hit your skin. You look up and feel the warm breeze through your hair and face. And you just know you've got a pep in your step because you're going on with your day. As you walk up to your car, you reach into your pocket or your purse to grab your keys and reach into the car to unlock the door. And then I want you to imagine looking to your left and seeing a truck barreling 40 miles an hour right at you with no time to react. Go ahead and open your eyes. That's where this portion of my story begins. My mom, my brother, and I went to Walmart to get a one-inch paintbrush. Anybody who's known me for more than about four seconds knows that I talk fast, I walk fast, I've got excitement and a ton of energy. So it wasn't a surprise to anybody that I was the first one in the car. But this was also back in the days before there was key fobs, right? So I had to literally wait for my mom to reach into her car, grab the physical key, stick it in the door, turn it so we can go on with our way. And as that happened, there was a truck that pulled up in front of the Walmart, parked, and the driver and middle passenger got out. Passenger all the way to the right, felt the truck move backwards. So April, he did what any one of us would do and Scooter over put his foot on the brake. But as I know I would do, if I'm in a vehicle moving and I'm not in the driver's seat, I'm gonna be slamming my foot down on that brake. All that force missed and went right into the gas pedal. Combination of shock and force threw him up on the steering wheel, up on the dashboard and before you know it, he's catapulting 40 miles an hour across the parking lot right at us with no time to react. We were in an end spot, went up into the median, went up into the tree in the median, hit our car, knocked me over, ran over me diagonally, tearing my spleen, leaving a tire track scar in my stomach and continuing on to sever my left arm completely from my body. My mom and brother were three to four feet behind me. The next thing my mom hears is my brother saying, mom, Brian's arm is over there, 10 feet away across the parking lot. I can't ever, I can't ever tell this story without acknowledging the person that is responsible for the fact that I'm here today. Mm -hmm. I'm forever indebted to this woman. And this last year, I got to meet her on the 30th anniversary of the accident which was incredible. 30 years have gone by and I've always given credit to this woman, but I've never spoken with her. Which and I've is always incredible. said it is incredible. And I mm -hmm. am forever indebted to her because of her choice to go into a situation that she saw was dealing with life and limb versus going on with her day. That story became even more powerful when I learned this year that she had a friend with her that day that was also a nurse who chose to go on with her day. And I want to be really clear when I say this, I've got zero resentment, zero anger, zero mal, zero shame or blame for the person that turned their head. I want to reinforce the importance of her choice to go into action. Yeah. 
She came and she stopped the literal bleeding on the wound and saved my life, instructed some innocent bystanders to run inside, grab a cooler, fill it with ice and get my detached limb on ice to give me a fighting chance of having a reattached limb. So if it was not for this woman, April, I either wouldn't be here with you today or I'd be here with you today with a cleaned up stump. That's just the reality. Mm -hmm. So I know that I have an insane story, right? <laughs> the more I've done this, the more I've started to realize that this is truly the case is that I have an extremely unique story. Yeah. However, what I want to encourage for everybody is regardless of the extremities of your story, what's important is that we all learn to pause and become aware of the lessons we can extract from our stories so that we can all become intentional with how do we apply those in our lives moving forward. And we all have the ability to do that. We also all have the ability to tap into the collective wisdom of other people's stories to shorten our own curve to, to learning. And so that's the first part of my story. Mm -hmm. Clearly there's 30 years of patterns and other things that have happened that shaped to where I am today. But that's what many people start to identify with me is the shock mm -hmm. and awe associated with my arm that was removed that I now use in a practical functional way. And this is one of the biggest reasons that shaped the embrace pain to avoid suffering. It shaped one of my other core life lessons of learning early not to get stuck by the things that have happened to me, but instead get moved by what I can do with them. Yep. And I've learned that move people, move people. So that's why we're on a mission to move over a billion people as quickly as possible by reducing the level of suffering that exists. Can we go back to that last point real quick? Because um, that is something that I know to be true about storytelling and something that my audience has heard me say over and over again. I just say it differently. So I want to tie the two pieces together, yeah. which is um, really learning how to stop letting our story have power over us and yeah. instead learn how to use that story in a positive, powerful way, yeah. right? Like we mm -hmm. all have these things. And so we have choices of, are we just going to become a victim of our story? You could have easily. And maybe there's been times in your life where you kind of did like fall I into absolutely that. absolutely have. But of course, but you, was all, you have also now gone on to tell that story in many other pieces of your story actually quite honestly for a living, like you get you know, paid as a speaker and facilitator and coach and trainer and all these things, because that was a, the, the beginning. That was really just the, right. the thing that allowed you to have a voice uh, because you figured out how to use that story in a positive, powerful way. As you mm -hmm. said, moved people help move other people. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah. And so, you know, this was the thing that when when I first met you and first heard you share that story. And I, you know, like I said, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a big story. That's a big story. And the fact that you use it so willingly and so confidently, and you're able to share that story, even like now, 30 years later, um, you know, I did see on social media that moment uh, when you did get to meet the woman that went into action and had, was a nurse and knew what to do and pretty much saved your life and saved your arm. You did. That you actually did finally get to get reconnected with her. Yeah. One thing I never found out was how did that happen? Because you, you did not get her information that day. Like no one really knew it, everything happened so fast, as you can imagine yeah. in such a dramatic tr trauma ridden, you know, episode that no one's over there taking down names and taking right. down phone numbers. Right. So how did you track her down? So my mom and my wife were responsible for kind of getting it done. We've been sort of looking for her for about 10 years. Uh, what I found out in August, when we reconnected, is that she tried to connect with us a multitude of times in the first couple of months afterwards, but just kept missing us. Mm -hmm. And this was back in the days before readily accessible internet, right? Exactly. It was 1992, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even back then, my dad 
was sent to the wrong hospital twice and there weren't cell phones. So, right. Like, it's not like the conveniences that we experience today even made our situation easier. No, it was a little bit more archaic as, as crazy as it sounds to be like, Oh, the nineties were archaic. Remember <laughs> pre-technology, which has only been in these last 20, 25 years. And so, you know, really we didn't have all those same records. We didn't have all the information. And so we ended up literally going back to the news clippings, right? From the newspaper and trying to track down her name. And her name then was different than her name now because her last name changed. And just the whole string of like things that we, it was like old school detective work. We've been sort of looking for her for about 10 years. And then what's crazy is the whole string just kind of fell right in front of us within a week of the anniversary. And to your point as well around understanding how to tell our stories and what's the power in telling our stories because they don't have to own us or control us. You know, what's really interesting is even there was a shift in the way I've told my story recently because I, for 30 years, have called it my accident, mm. which also implied fault because I called it my accident. It wasn't my accident. It was the accident that impacted our entire family and everybody involved in it. I have my own unique experience through the accident that took place, but I wasn't the only one impacted. I was the one that had the major hurt, the major shock and awe, right? But the reality of it is, is I learned later through conversations with her, the following five years after her experience of this trauma, saving my life was insane. And so to be able to unpack her portion of the story, and I know I've unpacked my mom's portion of the story and my dad's portion of the story and my brothers and my wife who came in, right? years later who's picked up and carried the other half of the story right and so the reality of it is even the language that we use in talking about our collective stories it wasn't my accident it was the accident that impacted our entire family mm -hmm. it's my experience of it that i tell yep yep you know um i think you and you and i could riff on stories and I, that was one of my invitations to you it was like let's just talk about storytelling because i know you get it and it's like something that um obviously that i connected with you over is around stories and telling yeah. stories and good storytelling but also just how the stories impact us and what what is your experience like I don't know, like you're out talking to a bunch of people all the time, you know, you, you, you're on the road constantly, not only sharing your story, but creating that, sharing that story by way of an invitation for others to share theirs. What is, what do you hear? Like, I know what I hear from women all the time when I'm making those same invitations. I'm curious if we're ex experiencing parallel, um, you know, lives there. And what are you hearing? What are people saying to you about their story? So it was my experience of other people and my experience of myself through my story, I think that also really got me so clear on understanding how I define suffering today, uh -huh. internal suffering, because it all connects, right? And I define internal suffering, I think that it's caused in four different ways. It's the things that are left unsaid, the mm -hmm. things we lack permission to feel or say, the things we lack the words to articulate or to understand, or the things that are left undone. Mm -hmm. The power you of our- those one more time? Absolutely. Those are so good. The roots of internal suffering as I've defined them come in four areas. The things that are left unsaid, the things that we lack permission to feel or say, the things that we lack the words to articulate or to understand, or the things that are left undone. My purpose in life is to allow my truth to give others permission to live theirs. 
The power okay. of story means that we are addressing these middle two. Mm-hmm. We're giving yeah. people permission to feel and say things that they have not felt permission in the past, or we're giving them words to articulate or understand their own unique story in a way that maybe they've not experienced it or understood it prior, which gives them permission to say or do what's needed as a result of their story. So what I find consistently, and this goes back to how we create these containers around the human experience with safety and protection that you've heard me talk about, is that to me, that is why vulnerability and authenticity are the glue that binds human connection. Because when we truly can connect through the power of our collective stories, through the power of our collective experiences, Look, here's the reality, April. Most people cannot identify with my exact story. Mm-hmm, right. But what right. they can identify with is the fact that people didn't believe my own story when I started telling it, that people started limiting me through their lens of what they'd be capable of in my situation, right? They started literally believing that either I was capable or incapable of certain things based on their own impressions of what the world has told them or whatever their stories or narratives have shaped for them, Right. They can relate to and understand the isolation and loneliness from me being the only one in the room in so many situations for the last 30 years, mm-hmm. right? They can understand how me being seen differently connects to the fact that they felt disconnected from so many people, from so many situations for so long in their own lives, right? When we bring it back down to the fundamentals, the reality of it is that this story, the one with my arm getting ripped off right? I always believed April until recently that this was my transformational story. This was my <laughs> defining story. Yep. This was my moment. No, this was what it was not trash that I kept pushing down every time I chose to push through to show up in the world, the parts that I didn't want to pay attention to the things that I kept compartmentalized, the stuff that I tried to avoid for years yet kept coming back as my fatal flaw, right? It was when I rebroke my arm when I was 20 and almost lost it again went through seven surgeons, 10 months with a broken arm with it hanging by my side, that all of a sudden I realized it flipped open the lid on the trash can that I thought I'd sealed so tight. And it allowed me to see the trash that had risen to the top. So I knew at that moment, it was time to identify it and take it out. But vulnerability and authenticity is what gave permission to ultimately start bringing the power of story into fruition. Because again, we get people to feel and say things that they wouldn't have otherwise and we allow them to have words to articulate and understand something that maybe they haven't otherwise. So really, you often people say, well, my story is not worthy. It's not good enough. It's not anything, right? But the reality of it is, is you don't even understand the power of your story because your words will literally free people at such a powerful level that you don't even understand because you've been too afraid to put the words into the world. That's it. Bingo. I think that one of the things that I know and believe and have experienced about storytelling is that we have to be willing. We have, and you said it, you had to open up the trash can and look underneath the lid and say, all right, I've really got to look at this. And we have to be willing to do that. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I wanted to share today because I told you that this was something that um, just being in your presence and being in these rooms with you and, you know, going on these journeys of um, deep exploration, quite honestly, there were pieces of my story that I was yet to uncover. Not that it wasn't, it was always there, right? But being willing to uncover it is the biggest piece. 
and, and there was a to receive whatever you're going to see and feel. Yeah. Be willing to receive it, be willing to receive it and just be totally open to it. And I want people to hear that. Like that's going to be the invitation from this entire episode today is for you to ask yourself, are you really willing to look at your story and receive what you're actually going to find there? And then, be, you know, choose to use it in a positive, powerful way. And I have been doing this work a long time. I have worked in storytelling a very long time. And I've always felt that like many other people, um, you know, I just don't have one of those big stories, you know, I haven't had these big things happen to me or to what for me or any of those things. And so I've kind of been on a quest the last probably really honestly, since I started light beamers, you know, last seven years to try to to dig a little deeper in that and kind of um, ask myself, is that really true? Yeah. And sometimes when you start peeling the onion, it takes a little while to peel it and get down to the real core of it. But you and I, I want to summarize it. Um, you and I were in uh, Austin together at an event this past spring. And I went into that event really like have like, I can remember driving to Austin because I live nearby. I was driving over and the whole way in the car, I was just like giving myself a pep talk, like April, you know, just go in and like figure out what is keeping you so stuck. Wow. Cause I was really feeling that I was sort of at an impasse in my business, so to speak. And what, what is the thing? So I was already making that invitation to myself and you know, agreeing to be willing to go in and, and find whatever was there and be willing to receive it. Well, if you ask, you really will receive as the Bible promises. And, um, and we ended up doing this really powerful breathwork session. Yeah. And this is a, this is a long story that I'm going to share at nauseum um, going forward, but I wanted to tip the iceberg with it today. I actually shared a piece of this at our storytelling symposium this last a couple of months ago for the first time. So proud of you, um, by the way. A lot of it due to the encouragement from you personally and privately. And uh, during that breathwork session, a really powerful memory came back to me. Not that I had forgotten it or suppressed it or put it away, although I kind of had put, suppressed it and put it away, but I wasn't uh, really giving it much credit. And it's a memory of something that happened to me when I was in college over you know 25 years ago of being, having a, a, a sexual molestation from a guy that I was at a party with, not somebody that I was dating, not anybody that I really knew, but, uh, we were at a party and, um, you know, I had too much to drink. I passed out and I woke up to find this gentleman, not so much a gentleman, but finding this man, I'm um, having his way that was not, I had not given permission for. Right. And that set me out on a path. Uh, I was, I, I'm thankful that I, you know, immediately like shooed him away, got him out of there, you know, told him that was completely not okay. And was screaming at him and all those things. And I immediately started waking other people up and saying, oh my gosh, this just happened to me. I immediately spoke up, which a lot of women don't do. And I'm aware of that, but that was something that I did was I immediately used my voice and I'm super proud of that. And there was a string of people that I went and told. I went and told the people that were in the room. Then I went and told my best friend. I went and woke her up at four o'clock in the morning. And then I went to, I was part of a sorority. I went to my sorority leadership. Then we went to um, people on campus and then eventually made our way up to the, like the top person on campus that would have, you would have reported these incidents to. Yeah. And eventually even told my family. And 
through every single one of those telling of my story moments, it was met with kind of like nobody knew what to do, you know? And as a result of nobody knowing what to do, nothing got done. That's right. And I realized recently in that breathwork session that I have been internalizing that for the last 25 years. Um, I thought this whole time, well, I'm not a victim of that because I stood up and spoke my truth immediately. I spoke up. I didn't let that, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like a victim, even though I was, but I wasn't internalizing that as a victim. But what I realized that I'm a victim of, or I became what was really victimizing to me the most was people not doing anything once I shared my story. Right. And it's not that they didn't believe me. They just didn't know what to do. That's right. And so as I have gone on and created light beamers and I've had this strong passion and this strong desire, it finally made sense to me that day, you know, in Austin coming out of that breathwork session. And just like, I realized that I, that was the reason why I was going back into that story again, because my mission to help more women, particularly, but honestly, I'll serve anybody that'll listen to me anybody to really get them to dig into their own story is because I know that that kind of stuff exists in all of us and it's going to be different for everyone, but how can we pull those stories back out and figure out how to use them in a powerful way? And what I've been doing over the last seven years, eight years with light beamers specifically is, you know, trying to do that. And the reason why I've been doing that is because I never want anyone to feel like their story doesn't matter and that nobody will care. Like if nothing else, I'll care, right? right. I will care enough for everybody because I know what it feels like to, to have someone. It's not that they didn't care, but they just didn't know what to do. But I internalized that as nobody listened to me. Nobody did anything. Nobody cared enough. You know, I didn't raise my voice enough. Like I've just been shaming myself over the last 20, 25 years about that. And you were right there after I, I shared that publicly in our group. Cause I knew that if I didn't share it, then I might not be brave enough to share it going forward. And, um, you, you know, I, I love what I remember Brian about that moment is afterwards when I shared, you were sitting right next to me, just, just happened to be, I didn't know that like, it was just such a out of, out of body experience at the moment that I didn't really notice that you were sitting next to me, quite honestly, until you, you said, can I, can I hug you? You asked me permission. Can I hug you? And I was like, yes. And you scooted a little closer to me and you gave me this big hug. And then later we've had many conversations about that. And you kept encouraging me to dig into it, to allow that story to be, um, and to you, to, to figure out a way to use that story. And I promised you immediately. I said, I will. Like, this isn't going to go away. I understand the power of storytelling and I'm not going to squander an opportunity to share a story, even though it's hard to share. That's right. And, you know, to go and share that story at the symposium and even share that story today on the podcast for the first time, um, that was, this is, this is it. Like this, this story, this, this whole thing on suffering, right? Everything you said, like, you know, being, saying what's been unsaid, giving yourself permission, right? And, um, you know, figuring out the words that you need for understanding. And I have experienced that at a massive level over the last 
several months since that experience. And what that allowed me to do is just dig deeper into like why it really matters. And I know so many people don't understand their path in life. They don't understand why things have happened to them, right? But until you go on that journey of digging in and asking a few more questions of yourself, you will learn that things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And they're an invitation for you to receive that story fully. April, I want to thank you for telling your story the way that you just did. With your permission, I'd also like to kind of wrap on a couple points that I hope everybody can take from what you just said, because it's critically important and I want everybody to walk away with it. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yes, my friend. Um, And I want to reflect some of this back to you because the people in your world already know this about you and the power of what you have done in the world and who you're doing it for has only increased exponentially by you putting the power of your story behind it. Mm -hmm. The passion of your story, the passion of your experience, your purpose, your drive, your everything that you do for all these women to give them permission, to give them the words, to give them the stage, to give them the platform, all came from the fact that even when you were strong enough to stand up, nobody knew what to do with your story. Mm-hmm. So you have spent the last 25 years helping other women interpret what to do with their stories, yet your own story wasn't even prominent in the existence of everything you were doing. And it is so much a part of who you are. So thank you for one, slowing down long enough to tell it today. Two, this is just the beginning. The symposium was because you're going to continue to weave deeper and deeper levels of your story and the patterns that came from 25 years ago that have propelled you forward in the impact that you've created already. It will become more powerful the more you allow yourself Mm -hmm. to continue to lean into the depths of your story. You heard me say this before, and you referenced all these little things that were embedded in what you said, and I just want to hit this really hard. You heard me say that what I thought was my story Uh is really what created so much trash in my world. It also is what created a ton of treasure. Uh I just didn't know it was there. But when I shut off physical pain because it exceeded my ability to cope, I also shut off emotional pain, spiritual pain, mental pain. I shut off all kinds of pain, which also meant I was shutting off all of the ability to actually view my story for all the lessons that there were, just like the case was with you. I told my story. I stood up. Uh I dealt with it. But you didn't, Uh right? Just like I didn't in lots of ways because I didn't know any better. And so one thing I want to say to everybody who's listening, it is not your fault. Uh It's not your fault. It becomes your responsibility once you become aware of it. Yep. But then what we have to do is to give ourselves the permission to go back because look, here's what happened. You had a moment that flipped open the lid. You saw what rose to the top Mm -hmm. and then you kept digging. You were taking out the stuff that wasn't serving you anymore and you kept digging. Okay, I'm still in my trash. I'm still digging in my trash to figure out what's happening here. Oh, cool. I dug a couple layers down. Man, there's a little gem I didn't know about. There's the treasure (laughs) that's hidden behind it. Yeah. Right? And if you keep digging, you keep having greater and greater understanding of all the weight you've been carrying, all the things that are keeping you from being the best version of yourself. Because when I say there is one thing keeping all of us, you, everybody listening, from being the best version of you, it's the trash from your past. Yep. And your fear of flipping open the lid and looking inside. 
but your storytelling, the power in your story, your understanding of how to articulate these things, the things that need to be said, the things you need permission to feel and say, the things you need the words, words to articulate and understand, and the things you need to do are all buried in that trash. So all I want everybody to do, even if you decide not to do anything with it, is just flip open the lid and see what's risen to the top. Yeah. And if and when you're ready to receive further or dig deeper, keep digging just like April has. And if you need to know how to get a shovel or an excavator to get even deeper, let us know and we'll help you find the way. But the reality of it is, is you just showed what it looks like to identify and take out your trash and find the treasures, treasures buried within. And you're using the power of your story to amplify what you've already built. And it's going to be more powerful with all of you and all of your story. Yeah. And that's what I was looking to do. You know, when I was driving to Austin that day, that was the thing that I was asking, like, how can I go to the next level? What's stopping me from doing this? Like, why can't I figure this part out? And I was asking all these, you know, important questions in the moment, but it was really so much deeper than that. And, and because I did discover a hidden gem, it's something I'm incredibly grateful for. It's not something that I, like I said, I don't even, is it, you know, I, d I don't feel victimized by it, yeah. although I, you know, was, um, but it's about how to really connect all those dots. That's right. It made so much sense in my head. Like, well, this is why I've done this. Now I understand it better. I couldn't really articulate, but I don't know, just because I know storytelling is powerful. I know that it can be empowering to other women. I know we can shine a light. Like I've said all these things and I believe them and I knew them, but this just took it to a whole Completely. another level. Then and you embody it. Yes, yes, yes. Embody it. Then you embody it because then you're- Because once you know, you story. can't unknow. Like once exactly. you dig into that, once you know, you just can't unknow it. You also can't be intentional with what you're unaware of. So if you don't know, right. and you know that you aren't feeling a certain way, this is the other thing that drives me insane, right? Like we literally take out the trash in our houses, in our bathrooms, in our businesses daily. So that the bags don't get too heavy, so they don't get too stinky, so that they don't start overflowing and impacting everything else in our homes, right? We refuse to live in homes and businesses filled with garbage, yet we allow ourselves to exist feeling like garbage. Mm -hmm. So if we know that we feel like garbage or we feel like trash, then the question becomes, what's it pointing me towards? Flip open the lid and look inside. You don't have to dig super deep to begin with, but that's the whole point, is if we know that we refuse to live existing around garbage, why do we allow it to exist inside of us? And we don't have to, because by the way, we get to release it all by just telling our story. It's so powerful. It is so powerful. You have gone on and I have gone on to create beautiful career opportunities and, um, you know, build businesses and all of that by way of just telling our story. Like it's not really rocket science. Um, and anyone could do it, whether you want to, <clears throat> you know, stand on a stage and share your story, write a book build a business. It doesn't matter if you don't want to do any of those things. If you just really just go on that storytelling journey, it will allow so many things to start to make sense. Yep. And so many people talk about suffering. I mean, there are so many people walking this earth that just are doing it mindlessly. That's they right. have no clue. They have no oh, and clue. By the way, what is actually happening is that we are avoiding the things that we need to pay attention to, which develop suffering. 
Yeah. Right. And so right. literally the 25 years that I shut off pain because I wasn't paying attention to it, all it did was develop all this trash and all this suffering that I had to release over time. Right. Mm-hmm. For you, 25 years of feeling like you had it handled. You're now empowering and teaching women to tell their stories, but you hadn't even told your own. Exactly. Right. Other than the moments that it took place. And oh, by the way, that's why it becomes so much more powerful. But the key for everybody here, because every single person I guarantee you, who thinks their story isn't worthy enough, who thinks it's not going to be meaningful, who thinks there's not more depth to it, who is afraid to go back and look at it, it always comes back to a couple things. Can you view your own story objectively and non judgmentally? And if you can, then you can extract what's necessary from it and you can find a way to tell it meaningfully. And then you are no longer worried about telling it because if you yourself can view it objectively and non judgmentally, nobody else's opinion is going to matter. Right. That's when you release its power, right? You can, it no longer has power over you. When you start to share that story or you start to examine that story and love on that story for everything that it was for you, then it, it, you diffuse every bit of power it has ever held over you. In fact, you you will be able to harness it and and use it in a powerful way. Yes. The power no longer stuck. It has you stuck. The power will propel you forward. That's everything. That's it. Okay. Well, you know, here's the thing. I want to talk to you for five more hours. <laughs> well, let's but, just do another episode. But we can't. I, I know we could riff and there's a variety of ways we can go down. I know. So let's just set up another one and have another conversation. Let's do it. I just wanted to just be in the room with you today um, and share that story with my audience. I felt like it was a Thank beautiful you. way to honor the story even more and also honor your your, you know, participation in it in some way, because again, just meeting you, see the way you move about the world, to see the way you examine your own story in such a beautiful way, continue to do that and teach other people. I felt like you were the right person to be in the room with me today to share mine. And I want to introduce more people to Brian Bogert. So I just got to the opportunity to do that. And I know you have to jet for another call. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being who you are in the world. And thank you for being my friend. April, thank you for all the same. Thank you for building the platform to allow me to come in and pour good in the world. And thank you for your humility, grace, and acknowledgement to ask me to be with you to share that story. That's more meaningful to me than you know, and that's fuel on my fire. And so thank you for not only allowing me to be here with you and experience it with you, but for being here firsthand to hear you tell it. Yeah. All right, everybody, if you are not fired up to go dig into your story and open that trash can, um, Brian and I are going to have to go back to the drawing board, but I hope, I hope that something was sparked in you today to get you curious, to get you curious about your story and go on that journey. Thank you so much for being here. You guys will see you next week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. 
It's a free resource I've created to help you become a Light Beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.